Hey everybody, I'm just going to talk for just a few brief moments because this is dedicated to worship today. And the team will stay up here. You can actually be seated, but just you won't be down for a couple minutes here. Hey Amen. I brought my, my big Bible today. This is my family Bible that I inherited from my uh, grandmother that she got from her great-great-grandfather back in the, uh, started in the early 1800s. And I just wanted to bring it because I wanted to say and to show that I believe in these times in which we live, I want to challenge all of us to make God's word bigger in our life than we have ever made it before. Okay, that's what this is all about. We got to make the Bible bigger than it's ever been in our life. I was so moved. Uh, this looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. Look at this Bible. This is unbelievable. Oh, and it's upside down. I feel like I'm just covered in the ancient scriptures. It's, it's shedding on me here. Um, but I was standing there in worship thinking, man, it just, this image of the greatness of God, that he, he's over the mountains and he's over the molecules. You think about that. Lord of the mountains, Lord of the molecules. He's Lord of all. No matter how you would frame his size, uh, front or back, or his intimacy, we, we have a hard time grasping how good he is. I just also want to say, I said this yesterday, just on behalf of everybody my age and up, I just want to ask your forgiveness because everybody my age and up has lost their minds. Okay? And I just want to ask your forgiveness. Not that you would write off people my age, but that you would be discerning. Don't become cynical and commit the same crime. Start canceling people. You say, oh, good. I, I now have an excuse for not listening to anybody except a peer. No, don't. Don't ruin your self-destruct that way either. Be discerning about the voices in your life. I don't mean to cancel people out or cut them off, but what I am saying is that I just really want to say I'm sorry for the world and the culture and the conditions that we have presented to you as leaders. Uh, it's, it's deplorable. I repent and I'm sorry. I want to show a better way. I have no control over everybody in my generation, no more than Caleb had control over those in his. They all died in the wilderness. Caleb made it through. I want to make it to 85 like Caleb. I'm 58. I want to be 85 and full of God when I'm 85 years of age. But, and I don't, want to, I don't want to deteriorate because the conditions around me are deteriorating. I want to develop, friends, even though the world around me has deteriorated. And I'm challenging every student at our school, every leader, every faculty member to make this a semester of development, not deterioration. Don't put it on pause. I'm proud of you for coming back to school, for not putting your life on hold. You, you're going to kick yourself. If you go, I'm just going to be paralyzed and do nothing for the next year because the world screwed up. No, don't do that. Even though it's not perfectly normal, your credits, your classes, your degree, you're cranking it out, man, in the same way as if it was the best of times. And you're going to be so glad that you do not put your life on hold, even in these crazy times. I'm proud of you. 
proud of you. I just want to read a scripture out of 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse 11, from a Bible printed in the 1800s here. It says, only Luke is with me. Take Mark. Bring him with thee. I know there's, that's a different version. That's the, one, that's the right one up there. I'm reading from my old King James here. Um, you can look at the screen. You'll get it. This just sounds beautiful. Bring him with thee, for he is useful to me for ministering. Now, Tychukos I have sent to Ephesus. The cloak or the coat uh, that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou cometh, comest. Say that, cometh, comest. It's just a beautiful word. Bring with thee. And the books, but especially the parchments. Normal English, only Luke is with me. Take along Mark. Or John Mark and bring him with you for he is useful to me for service. But I have sent Tychukos to Ephesus. When you come, bring the overcoat, which I left at Troas with Carpus, the books, and especially the parchments. I want to give you what I call the five. This is my dashboard for living. I never got this from somebody else. This is something that the Lord has really, I mean, I heard this teaching, obviously, when I was in college. But the Holy Spirit really extracted out this very simple dashboard of what I call the five. And I want to give you these five words in the next three to four minutes. And we're going to go back into worship. These five words have become really the guiding, kind of the portal with which I travel through each day to say, okay, am I hitting the mark of Scripture in my life in this? Because Paul gave us in this text five amazing things to know. The first one is buoyancy. What's buoyancy? It's the ability, you know, like you take a, a ball that's filled with water, put it under the water. The deeper you push it, the greater the pressure grows, the higher it shoots up. It's buoyant. It can resurface after being buried. Buoyancy is this resurrection power in our life to absorb crisis without losing our shape. This generation, you've had to absorb things, but you can't lose your shape. You've got to be buoyant. Where do you get that from the Bible? He said, when you come, can you bring John Mark? See, John Mark and I, we, we, our relationship was tore up almost 20 years ago when, when he bailed on my first missionary assignment and I wrote him off. Matter of fact, I wrote him off to the degree that it really split the entire organization in two. Paul and Barnabas split up and so Silas went with Paul and, and Barnabas took John Mark, the entire first go ye into all the world team obliterated because two people misunderstood one another. And now, Paul, the warmth has returned. You talk about cancel culture. He canceled John Mark. You're done. But revival is about having the warmth of your soul so that we're not looking at each other and backpedaling. We're leaning into each other. Even people that you canceled, wrote off, had a bad experience with. You got to be buoyant. You got to have that resurrection thing. You got to be able to bring stuff back from the dead if you're going to have a meaningful, powerful, influential life. Buoyancy. The second thing is kinship. Kinship is this powerful word that means that we love each other like blood relatives, even though our blood's not flowing, the same scientific bloodline's not flowing through our veins, but we love each other as though it was. It's the word for family. It's a deep affection. Paul said, Tychukos, I sent to Ephesus. Paul couldn't be two places at the same time. He believed in another person, saw them as gifted and necessary, and released 
Tychukos to a major segment of ministry. He wasn't just giving him some little hamlet. He was giving him Ephesus. I need you to go there, represent. You're, you're a peer, you're a protege. Go conquer a brand new space of leadership. It's a powerful principle. Shared this yesterday, I'll do it in 30 seconds. One of my favorite worship videos we have uh, this last year, Genesis was singing. It was just so powerful. Um, I've shared it with literally thousands of people. Um, just a phenomenal song. I said, here's a backstory. The year before we sang a song called Breath of Heaven, I think we did it two years ago. And I remember the girl that you see up here singing the lead in this song, I didn't even know she sang for a year of going to college because I always saw her at the altar worshiping. I thought she was like me, like you're the, you're the worshiper, not the leader. <laughs> and I remember in this video, she's praising God during Breath of Heaven. And I saw that. And then the next year I see her up here and, and I see her in the video and I said, this is a person who can be trusted. I noticed that, not perfect, I'm not perfect, she's not perfect. But I knew that down deep was a seed, like I, I'm a worshiper first before I'm a worship leader. And there was something about that that lean, I leaned into that. Tychukos I've sent to Ephesus, I can celebrate somebody, else, somebody else's space. I can resource and position other people to do great things for God. I'm not holding back in jealousy. I have kinship. I have deep affection for you and for what God is about to do through your lives. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump up and down the whole way through. The third word is spanning. Quickly, I've gotta give these to you real fast. Spanning. The Bible says that, Paul said, when you come bring my coat. It was winter time. Paul had raised someone from the dead already. But he knew if he didn't put his coat on in winter, he'd get sick and die. Paul understood the power of well-being. Why is well-being so central to our mission? We can't stay young, but we can stay vibrant and healthy with well-being, with our bodies and our minds and our emotions. Because spanning, see, spanning is a term for a bridge that reaches from this edge of the gorge to that edge of the gorge. If you're trying to jump across to crevice or crevasse in a mountain and it's eight feet and you jump six you might as well have jumped two because you have to span the distance between your point of origin and your point of destiny you got to make it from where god called you and formed you you got to make it to your final breath of purpose and destiny if you don't span the gap between origin and destiny because you've, you, you're comprehending well-being. I'm taking care of myself spiritually. I'm putting my coat on in winter. I'm reading my Bible each morning. I'm spending time with Jesus. I'm talking to him throughout my day. I'm going to span, Lord, the call of God on my life when I was 17 to whatever day I die. I have to span that gap. And I can't fall short even by a year. Or I might as well have fallen short in year one. Lastly, or animation. Paul said, when you come, bring the books. This was a life that was fully alive. He was reading and learning. He's in his second imprisonment. And he's calling for these books. This isn't the scripture yet. This is books that were stretching his mind. A fully animated life is a life that's fully inhabited. When something is animated, it goes from something stoic and rigid to movement. It's fully alive. This is the power of learning. The power of fulfilling every talent and gift 
with every ounce of possibility and knowledge. Your full potential is realized. You live an animated, fully alive life. When you come, bring the books. I'm not done learning. And then he said, bring the parchments. This was scripture. I characterize this as thirst. Psalms 143 says, I thirst for you, Lord, like a dry desert thirst for rain. Let's stand together as we go back into worship. This principle of thirst is so majestic. It's the invisible desperation inside you that cannot be manufactured nor purchased nor even imparted by another. It's something inside you that's drawn invisibly that creates a passion and a desperation to be satisfied. He said, when you come, bring the parchments, bring the scripture, especially that. So I'm praying for NCU for you. Your life is marked by buoyancy and kinship, spanning animation and thirst. Let's go after his presence a little bit more here this morning. I love you guys. God bless you guys.